Welcome to the Women's Fitness and Health Revolution podcast. There is so much noise on the interweb these days about what women should and shouldn't be doing when it comes to their fitness and health. Not only is it all too often tied to shame and fixing our bodies, it can also be incredibly detrimental to our health and wellness overall. The Women's Fitness and Health Revolution podcast sorts through the BS and offers advice and actionable tactile steps to support and build a better relationship to your amazing body through every stage of womanhood. It aims to break the cycle of keeping women in the dark about their extraordinary machines and revolutionize the way we move, eat, and live so that our daughters and our daughter's daughters look in the mirror and feel exactly what they are. Fierce, beautiful, and capable of everything. The revolution starts here. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Women's Fitness and Health Revolution podcast. Kinsey here and so excited because it turns out we're doing a bit of a bonus impromptu ep this week, my friends, because I'm low-key worried that I won't get to sleep until I just get this out in the open and talked about. DBH, I've got a lot on my plate right now. I'm putting together a brand new program, Strength Training Foundations for Women, which I'm pumped about, that launches in less than a month, but I am so dialed up that I couldn't sleep last night, so to the back burner for today, SFW, it's revolution time. I heard from another human that I love and care about so deeply that they stopped eating meat after watching the Netflix movie, You Are What You Eat, a twin experiment. And I know my pocket of the internet is tiny, but dang it, I care about y'all and I want your lives to be vibrant and supported and I could not go one more day without sharing the information that needs to be shared. So here's the deal. Your body, your rules. Let's just put that out there right away. But would you be choosing your rules if you knew the information you are basing them on is biased? The Women's Fitness and Health Revolution podcast was inspired by issues exactly like this. The revolution here? Stop letting big corporations sabotage your health by selling you their agendas. Nutrition is not my main lane. That's why we don't talk about it a ton on this podcast. But your health and your ability to accurately make choices that are truly good for you and your longevity, 100,000% my lane. Food, medicine, movement, these should have our health and wellness at the crux of all they do. But we are a capitalist nation whose pockets are lined by corporations like Big Ag, Big Pharma, and Big Food, and they simply do not care about your wellness. They care about your money. I feel like, in general, we've become savvier consumers. But it's clear in the way our country still hasn't reverted back to regenerative farming, still relies on processed food as mealtime staples, and uses endocrine disruptors in everything from hand soap to candles to cleaning products, that we have a long way to go to understanding that our health does not come first. So many of us, so many of us don't have the information we need that actually supports our health and wellness. And the information that's shoved in our faces and dosed into our mainstream culture is more often than not funded and comes with a hidden agenda tied up in a poppy, we're doing this for your own good, BS bow. And before you write me off as a conspiracy theorist, let's talk some stone cold facts. When this movie first came out, I remember standing in my kitchen joking about it with my sister. 
The study length was way too short for the science to be accurate, and it was so blatantly and transparently paid for that at the time I thought it would be impossible for anyone to take it as viable information. I was wrong. This documentary reminded me in a big way We still have a long way to go in learning how to be informed consumers, on learning how to follow the money on where research comes from, on realizing that we rely far too heavily on information just because it's popular. Literally, all it took was a single Google search to uncover that this clinical trial was conducted by Stanford University School of Medicine by an initiative that was funded by the Vought Foundation, which really quick, isn't that the supervillain corporation in the boys? I'm just saying. Anyway, and their asset, Beyond Meat, which just happens to be one of the most highly processed meat alternative choices on the market. And yet... Over this past month, I've seen and talked to so many people who chose to cut meat after watching it. Now, I have no problem with a person coming to terms on their own that they want to go veg, but the fact that so many people who need high levels of quality protein, hello adults post 30, especially postmenopausal women, have gone vegan because Netflix told them to, I had to say something. This is not your fault. It shouldn't be crazy to think that we can trust what we're told. At its base, it's the cause of a much deeper problem, the one at the basis of diet culture and our society in general that needs to change, and it is so insidious. But a good rule of thumb to follow is this. We live in a capitalist society, and it's 2024, y'all. If something about food, or fitness for that matter, pops off in the gen pop, it isn't because there's some new information that shot to the forefront. We have to ask ourselves why it suddenly got so big. For example, have you ever heard of Dr. Stacey Sims? Dr. Gabrielle Lyon? These are scientists and researchers who are studying actual cutting-edge health and science in terms of weight loss, muscle gain, and longevity, with a special emphasis on women's bodies. The general consensus? It's focused on how desperately we need, especially women, need protein. Ideally, regeneratively farmed, leucine-rich protein, especially as we age. These doctors are well-revered and sought after by experts in their community, but they aren't household names. You don't see this science blasted everywhere. You have to search it out, even though it has proven effects time and again over years of clinical trials to lower obesity, prevent Alzheimer's, and so much more. Why haven't we heard about it? Because this research is privately funded, and as of right now, there isn't a ton of money made to be made off of its promotion. The healthier we get and the more dialed in our nutrition gets as individuals, the less money big ag, big pharma, and big meds start to gain. In fact, there are studies in research papers galore that actually show these industries lobby against and hire scientists, professors, and internet trolls alike to come down hard on research that gets in the way of their agenda. More on this in a minute. And you are more than welcome, and I'll keep saying it, to do whatever you want with your body. I'm a big fan of autonomy. But tough love moment? Please start to question things instead of blindly following. Who funded this research? What do they stand to gain? And then feel free to question the research. They should be open about it. So let's jump back into the topic at hand. You are what you eat. Sorry again if I'm sniffly. I'm still at the end of my COVID. Some of the biggest holes in the study of you are what you eat. 
A small sample size, 44 people, only 22 per nutrition plan, is not an accurate measure of the 8 billion people on this planet. Remember, nutrition is not a one-size-fits-all protocol. The size gets even smaller when we consider studies prove that research that relies on humans tracking their own food is more often than not inaccurate. Next up, eight weeks is not enough time for a reliable follow-up on biomarkers, certainly not as it pertains to health in the long run. Could you feel fabulous for eight weeks or eight months? Sure. But if it leaves you sick in eight years, what's the point? And please let me be clear. There is no question. Eating a nutrition plan that is higher in plants is amazing for you. Anyone is going to benefit from adding more plants, especially if they were following the standard American diet prior to adding the plants. I am by no means an anti-plant diet. I love me some micronutrients and I have them in all my meals. I'm an anti-well-rounded information, an anti-propaganda at the expense of your health. Another big issue with this study and its 10 minutes of results was that the B vitamin levels were trending slightly lower in the vegan diet. With a longer trial, more than likely they would continue diminishing. Plus, those record markers could have easily still been a residual from when the vegans were eating meat. Eight weeks isn't enough time for an accurate follow-up on biomarkers. And B vitamins aren't the only nutrients we rely on from animal protein over plants. Others include iron, zinc, iodine, essential fatty acids, and amino acids to name a few, deficiencies of which are marked only in longer studies. And the last big hole I'll talk about here for our purposes is the gauge for weight loss. There were two major issues with the findings that our vegans lost more weight. First, On average, the vegans were clocking 200 calories less than the omnivores daily. We are not controlling for all variables if energy intake is different. That's a pretty big gap. Secondly, I'm going to throw it to Dr. Stacey Sims because she's brilliant on this one. She wrote in a recent blog post, There's also statistical evidence to show that the vegan group lost more weight than the omnivorous group. But what was not shown in the journal journal article and should be, is that weight loss was primarily lean mass, with a higher percentage of lean mass loss from the vegan group, as shown by DEXA results. Even in my first-year nutrition program, the very first thing we learn about working with weight loss clients is the importance of regulating their protein intake because 25% of weight loss early on can come from muscle loss, which is the opposite of health. I've said it a million times over, but the amount of our lean muscle mass is directly correlated to our health. As Dr. Gabrielle Lyons states in her book Forever Strong, decreased muscle responsiveness makes it harder to get back to a state of balance that can help protect against Alzheimer's disease, cardiovascular disease, and hypertension, among other conditions. Losing muscle mass isn't just a shrug your shoulders issue. It's a make or break it for your health, and it becomes even more vital and important as we age. Protein and resistance training are the ways to build and maintain lean muscle, especially leucine-rich protein. And if you're a vegetarian, please consider working with a nutritionist, at least at first, to figure out how to get enough of all nine of your essential amino acids without clocking too many omega-6s. And plan on it being combinations of a lot more food than you would eat with animal proteins. And in terms of protein powder supplementation, please be careful. Because two-thirds of soy-based products are found to have glyphosate residuals from pesticides, which are all sorts of inflammatory. And I would venture an educated guess that the percentage of glyphosate residual is even higher 
in supplements. I personally recommend Organifi Protein for vegan protein. Its sourcing is clean and it includes a protease enzyme that will help digest and utilize that protein. Again, I am not in any way here to shame you for deciding to go vegetarian or vegan, but I want you to make an informed decision that goes beyond, beyond meat, hoping you'll walk down the freezer aisle and load up on their GMO corn and soy-based products that will make and keep you sick. And also, to have information to accurately plan to get enough amino acid-rich protein to help you maintain lean muscle mass, which you can totally do, but it does take some initial work and planning. I am truly sorry that we live in a day and age and a society where if a fitness program or diet goes viral, we have to question it. In a perfect world, the bottom line and impetus for these things would be our health, but unfortunately, it is money. Vani Hari, a food activist who cut her teeth with a laundry list of accomplishments like blowing the lid off of Subway using an ingredient in their bread that was made to make yoga mats cushier, and passing regulations that Starbucks needed to take caramel coloring, a petroleum-based product, out of their famous PSL, wrote an incredible book called Feeding You Lies, a must-read. In it, she uncovers the various ways big ag and big food have been playing, have been paying, excuse me, paying scientists and media sources for generations to keep us hooked on products that have little to no nutritional value and more often than not detrimental consequences. One, I think we can all remember, because it still informs folks a lot about their nutrition today, was the low-fat trend. In her book, Feeding You Lies, Vani Hari, or The Food Babe, writes, In order to fully understand the dangers of sugar, you first need to understand the sugar lie. And that lie begins with the 1967 article written by three Harvard scientists and published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Does this sound familiar yet? a collegiate study published in a prestigious paper. If people want to avoid heart attack, the Harvard scientist said, they should avoid as much fat as possible. Furthermore, they should replace these fats with more carbohydrates, which, by the way, this fallacy is still reflected in our food pyramid today. But this initial study, the one that started the low-fat craze, was a lie, bought and paid for by Big Sugar. According to documents discovered by researchers at the University of California, San Francisco, these Harvard scientists pocketed the equivalent of $50,000 in today's dollars from a sugar industry trade association. She goes on to add, but the sugar industry didn't just pay for the science that supported their toxic product. They also attacked those critics who pointed out that eating lots of sugar was terrible for the body, especially the heart. So corporation funding university studies and hijacking the popular narrative is no new hijinks. It's been happening since their inception, and they've only gotten more sophisticated. The Voight Company's last documentary, The Game Changers, came under the exact same criticisms when it came out in 2018. Skewed data and questionable plant-based funding. And yet, here we are again, mesmerized by their storytelling and following without question. The truth is... There is no easy fix in nutrition, and so much of it has to be dialed in on an individual case-by-case basis over time. So if you're saying right now, Kinsey, I feel better though, that's amazing, and I love that for you. Like I said, plants are very important to eat for many reasons, and a lot of us don't get nearly enough, or any, especially in that standard American diet, so it makes sense we feel better initially. 
but please pay attention down the road to how you are feeling and track your biometrics, my friend, biomarkers, my friends. Because the biggest take, and I should say, the biggest takeaway of all, it has got to be time to stop taking fads at face value. Low fat led to an Alzheimer's epidemic, and meal replacement weight loss companies like SlimFast and Jenny Craig led to higher fasting insulin levels among so many other issues. These things do not work. We see it over and over and over again, and yet we forget so quickly. I know it's a privilege to have the information to know to question things and the time to do it. That's why I felt obligated to take the time to do this today so that we can stop falling prey to this propaganda. Your health is way too important to make decisions based off movies and news articles. Let's change the way we approach our health. As Vanny Hari says, it's time to be a food detective. And please, don't let this be the last thing you hear about it. I encourage you to do more research and to get to the bottom of where you are or of where you are getting your information. Over time, as you start to question and look at where research comes from, you'll start to pull together resources that you actually can trust and go to with your questions and fact checks. Because, my friends, as always, you and your body are so, so worth it. Until next time, Aru.